0: Hopefully by now you have a card in hand if you need one of those. um, You don't have to write what I'm going to say on this card. You can write the little exercise we're going to do together on any piece of paper, but this might make things a little easier for you. I've told you in the past that at, at different times in my life when I've had maybe discouraging days or difficult times, I've found myself motivated to make a list of my blessings. And I've kept that list posted in front of me at my desk so that I can remind myself of how blessed by God I am, my family is, and, and encourage myself uh, in that way. Uh, we are in a sort of count-your-blessings kind of season, aren't we? A season of gratitude. And, and I'm going to speak more about gratitude next Sunday. But this morning, I want to take some time to focus on the things we have to be thankful for. And I guess I would pose this question to you, what are your blessings? And I'd like you to take a moment on one side of this card to begin to list them. Take a pen, just start listing the blessings that you have there. Take some time to consider that. I know we're not going to take as much time as we need to put all of our blessings down, but... Get a good list going. I want to say a few more things about our blessings, but I would encourage you just to keep writing while I'm talking. Just keep <coughs> writing. You're gonna need more time, and I'll just make some observations as we go through this exercise. You know, it may be in times like these, it's harder to think about blessings since we've had significant losses. We have to grieve our losses, I think. I think that's important. But I think we have to try to find a balance between the grief of losses and the blessings that we have and the opportunities that still exist for the future. So I think it's good to take time always to reflect on the blessings that we have and to to write them down and to keep them before us. Um, And I think there are some interesting ways, maybe different ways, to think about the kinds of blessings we have. You know, of course, our, our basic blessings are the things that we have that make our lives possible. Things like food and shelter and warmth and health to the degree that we have it. I mean, we're grateful for our basic foundational blessings. We have some other blessings that come as the fruit of our labor. You may have a job, and that job may be based on opportunity or education or training or skill. All of the things that combine together to make it possible for us to have a job and provide for the needs of ourselves and our families, all of that's blessings, right? We know plenty of people who don't have some of the things that we need in order to be able to stay employed, And, and we're grateful for that some of our blessings come about, it almost seems as if they happen as random acts of chance. You know, we're born into a family, but not a family of our choosing. You didn't choose the family you were born into. Some of us are born into amazing families. Others of us, not so much. For some of us, our our nuclear family or our extended family, are a blessing, for some, it's sort of a, Eh, eh, mixed bag. For some, the family you were born into was a curse to be overcome. And we don't have any control over those things. We don't have any control whether our health is strong or fragile. Health and physical stamina and ability can be a blessing or the lack of it can be a liability. For some of us, our financial status may be a blessing or maybe a curse. Our finances may be based partly on inherited wealth, but there may also be inherited patterns that cause indebtedness for us that we have to consider. I think there's also interesting blessings that come from just having been like in the right place at the right time. I have a friend who, uh, as a kid, his dad worked on a dock down in the New Bedford area. And he would fish off that dock so he was around the place where his dad worked and the fish market that was there and and he would um being a little kid in sunday school try to be gracious and kind to people and there was one particular older couple who came in and he would always help them carry their purchases out to their car for years as an elementary and middle school child until um, when he got to high school they started to hire him to do things for them at their home. We need someone to mow our lawn or rake the leaves or that sort of stuff. And he lived nearby, so he would do all those chores. By the time he got to college and these folks were older, they were starting to go to Florida for the winter. And so they would hire him to drive them to Florida because they weren't the best safe drivers anymore. And then they would fly him back home. And then they do the repeat turnaround thing when spring came around. And he did that for years and took care of their house where he lived while they were in Florida. You know, stuff like that that you you don't think a lot about. It's stuff that neighbors do, that Christian friends do. But then one year, they both passed away within proximity to each other. And they didn't have any children. So they left their five houses and the bank accounts to sustain them all to him. And you say well, that's sort of a random kind of thing, and yet there was something about his just general cordial kindness that put him in a place of significant blessing. Some of the blessings we have, we recognize, maybe we only see them in comparison to others because we begin to notice that we have things that others don't. I think it's an interesting category of blessings. We especially appreciate our health when we see folks who are sick. We especially appreciate our job, though we probably still grouse about it, uh, when we see folks who are experiencing unemployment at the moment. We especially appreciate our children when we deal with friends that don't have kids around anymore or never had children. We especially appreciate our youth and our independence and our health when we encounter the elderly who see those things slipping away from them. Hopefully you've had time to make a nice healthy list this morning of your blessings. All the things for which you're grateful, or at least many of them. And my goal this morning is not for a moment to say that any of the things on your list are things you shouldn't be grateful for. That's that's not what this is about in terms of an experiment. But I have some questions to ask about your blessings based on three particular scriptures I'd like to read to you this morning. The first is 1 Peter 4, starting in verse 8. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. This is what Peter writes. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, And this is Paul writing in Galatians 6, starting in verse 7. Galatians 6 and 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Paul again, Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15. Ephesians 5:15. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you begin begin to ponder these three passages together, there's an emphasis that weaves its way through all of these writings. These are verses about serving others. Peter tells us to use the gifts, read blessings, we have received to serve others. In fact, we're told that we should serve with the strength that God gives us, that God provides to us for that service. And I'm wondering, if God is providing to us strength and blessing in order to serve others, and we are not serving others, then what are we doing with that strength and blessing? Are we using the strength that God provides to us to serve others, simply to serve ourselves? That would seem like a misappropriation of the blessing of God for us. Paul tells us, don't grow weary in doing good. I don't think he's just talking about running out of physical energy here. I think he's talking about becoming bored or or tired of caring for others or, or running out of motivation. Don't give up because the road of serving ends up being long or more than you bargained for. Paul also tells us to make the most of every opportunity. It's almost if, if you read through these passages, you hear that the opportunity to serve is a blessing in and of itself. And it's that theme that caught my attention recently. From the moment that Jesus Christ takes the towel and puts it around his waist, the church of Jesus Christ has been an institution given to serving others. We serve in various ways and in varying areas. We serve in faith areas, educational areas, support areas, financial areas. We're trying to make the most of every opportunity for service. In fact, serving others is a defining Aspect of our identity as Christians. It's just that important to us. Serving others defines who we are. But I've been thinking what happens when we no longer have the same opportunities to serve others? What happens when we're no longer able to leave our homes? Do our opportunities to serve others disappear or decrease? How do we counter that loss of opportunity? Or or what happens when we lose our mobility? Or what happens when our financial resources are suddenly restricted? What happens when our diminished health makes it harder to serve? What happens when our friends die and we're left without the typical outlets for service? Does it have to be true that we only value something once we've lost it? Does it have to be true, or is it possible for us to value something while we still have it, without having to lose it to cherish it? I'm convinced that you and I still have significant opportunities to serve others. And this morning, what I want to ask you is, Are you making the most of those opportunities, seizing every opportunity you have to serve? Or are you having trouble recognizing opportunities to serve as blessings? I mean, here's the thing. Paul reminds us that it is a blessing for us to share in the sufferings of Christ. In fact, one place he says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kind. And I'm sure that some of the trials involve the work of blessing others and serving others. And I wonder if we even consider our opportunities to serve as blessings rather than as liabilities and impositions. But I'll guarantee you one thing. If you live long enough to see your health and vitality start to wane, or your physical resources begin to diminish, or your ability to give to others dry up, you will long for the opportunity to make a difference again. So here, in this place, where most of us do have opportunities still to serve and make a difference, what are you doing? And hence, the back of the card. Let's take a moment now. The front list, all the blessings we received on the back. Let's make a list of the opportunities we have to serve. Ask the Spirit if there are some that you're not really embracing yet. Because by the time we're done, the blessings we received on the front And the blessings that we acknowledge on the back, these opportunities we have to serve, will just likely double our blessings, right? Because it will be all blessings on the card, what we received and what we give. So take a moment now, write down, think, ask the Holy Spirit, "Where, where am I privileged to be able to serve? I didn't ask, where are you comfortable serving? I didn't ask, where is it your necessarily joyful opportunity to serve? I'm just asking, where do you have opportunity to serve? Take a moment, write them down. Where can you make a difference? What assets do you have that could be put into play? Who might you serve? Who needs you? I heard a story some years ago. I don't know that I have every detail exactly right, but this is close. So there's a kid in high school who is a standout athlete, football player, Goes to college, plays college football, does really, really well in college. Manages to snare an NFL contract. And with his signing bonus, he makes the interesting purchase. He's the oldest son in the family. There are other children. And he has a brother who, because of an accident, is handicapped from the waist down. And this NFL, new NFL player's first purchase is a red convertible car that is customized for handicap accessibility for his brother. And so he drives that back to the house where his younger brother is just graduating from high school, trying to get a driver's license. And the older brother lifts his younger brother into the car seat to show him how this car is equipped, custom fit just for him. And the younger brother with tears in his eyes looks up at his brother. Mom standing nearby says, why are you crying? And he says, the younger brother says, I wish I could be an older brother like that. Somehow the kid can look past the gift and see the heart of his older brother for him and recognizes what that means. The the opportunity to serve is an incredible blessing for us. We're gonna sing a hymn in closing in just a minute and one of the verses goes like this. Blessed to be a blessing, privileged to care, challenged by the need apparent everywhere, Where mankind is wanting, fill the vacant place. Be the means through which the Lord reveals his grace. That's rich blessing. One of the things I'm convinced of is this. If we live our lives as Christians led by the Spirit serving Christ, we're going to get to the end of our lives we're going to reach heaven's door. We're going to have one foot inside the door, and people are going to start walking up to us, and they're going to say things like this to us. Do you remember the time back on earth when you did XYZ for me? That was such an important thing you did. It It changed my life. It pointed me in a different direction, and we're going to sit there scratching our heads saying, yeah, I don't remember that. that. Is that something I did? Because I don't, I don't really have any memory of that. Because... The natural expression of our Christian testimony will be serving so continually, so frequently, that we'll be just doing things that we considered neighborly or just common decency or, or just continually serving in ways so that we're blessing folks right and left without even thinking about it. I talked to my dad this week. He got a Facebook Uh, He read a Facebook announcement from a kid who he taught in teen Sunday school. Well, my dad was teaching teen Sunday school when he was 40. Okay, my dad's over 80 now. So it's a long time ago. And this kid's saying, you know, that Sunday school teacher made such an impact on me, changed my life, and wherever Ray Whitney is, I just want him to know. And my dad's like, yeah, I remember Herschel. I remember I remember that. But my dad was just serving like you do and like we must do continually because we don't know the impact of the service. Now, now I hate to do this, but I have to quote a line from a Hallmark movie, okay? I saw this some time ago. We never know the importance of a moment until it becomes a memory. I thought there's truth in that. We don't know the significance of the service we are offering. But friends, I am convinced that every opportunity to serve is an important blessing. And those opportunities to serve are gifts of God to you because you will be blessed as you bless others by the Spirit-led service you offer. So let's consider the opportunities that we're given to serve as his blessing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, by your Spirit, guide us into service that we can accomplish the work you've given your church to do. For we pray this in your name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing a closing hymn together?
1: Let your heart be broken for a world in need. Feed the mouths that hunger, soothe the wounds that bleed. Bread, be the hands of Jesus serving in his stead. Here on earth, applying principles of love is a bold expression. God still rules above living illustration of the living word to the minds of all who've never seen or heard blessed to be as Savior make him master
0: now may God grant you incredible and mundane ways of serving him. And through your service, may he bring glory to himself now and forever. Amen.